Hey guys, welcome back to the Sons of Thunder podcast. We got one last podcast in the relationship series for you guys. This is the relationship with God. This is recorded back in March, March 27th. So sorry about the confusion. We have been posting podcasts um, from the spring that we kind of had in the vault. And we will be getting back to um, a new series that we've been working on this fall. The next series is going to be the hunger series. So we're going to be focusing on hunger. But next week, you'll be listening to that. But this week, enjoy the Relationship with God podcasts. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness. So the first time I remember hearing Rockstar by Nickelback, it was in my friend Nick, Nick Green's Expedition Wait, what? in fifth grade. You know the Ford Expedition? Like this, yeah. His dad had a souped oh, up version. His dad car. was sweet. Mr. Green was a Porsche Formula One racer. So what? really loaded, would travel a lot to race cars, so and he just drove this sick Expedition, and we were traveling for hockey once. And I heard that song. I was like, wow, this life sounds amazing. You know? <laughs> Nickelback's life. Nickelback. No, no, the rock star life. <laughs> Wait, are we recording right I want to. Yeah, we're oh, recording. That's amazing. Guys, when did Nickelback become a meme? Like, like when was that? Pretty like, much people since had a Nickelback started. started. But from the that first was, meme, that was people one like, of we my need to make memes. fun of Nickelback. That was one of my favorite memes as a kid. You know, it was like, it was Nickelback and Nicolas Cage. Like they, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 for a, for a long time, a lot of Nicks. I thought Nickelback they was Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I thought they were the yes, same person. Yes. Yeah. Those memes are confusing. I kind of get confused now. My first memory: I was sitting on the bus, like seventh grade, and I just put uh, photograph my my headphones. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just staring outside of my angsty teenage eyes are just like Yeah. I wanna do that right now. It's kinda just like a high get school. Get on the school weekend. bus and look out the window. How Dude, high school weekend. Make it a high school week. Okay, so a last weekend week. <laughs> John and I experienced high school weekend. If you remember anything about high school weekends, they're like really boring and you guys don't do anything except drive around the town that you grew up in. Yeah. And text girls, but you don't hang out with the girls. Jacob, are you talking to the mic? The girls would text me, Jacob. <laughs> no, he's not, dude. What do you mean? It's like it's like under his chin. <laughs> he's like it's in the back of his head, and he's just like <laughs> it reads your thoughts. <laughs> we we have a lot of problems with mics with us because AYD. This reminds me of that one cast that we did outside in um, John's <laughs> house. And you could cater. Z- we were spinning fire that day, and it's just like, ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> All of Minnetonka. Guys, 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 at my work. Um, I was walking outside, guys. I made a new friend. Oh, I made a new no. friend. Chip. This no, you gotta stop feeding well. It animals. was a baby. <laughs> guys, it was a baby deer. Dude. Yeah. No. He Sean, was, he was, he was literally. Did you kill Bambi? <laughs> no, it was Bambi. Like I made friends with Bambi. I didn't feed it, but I would like go and sit by it. What? And like it was like How sitting. Cool. It's equilab. It's equilab. It, it was, it was out there. crazy. Yeah, like point. I think its mom died or something because it was okay, like. Don't bring up Bambi so right now. Don't tell the story. I didn't pet it. You adopt the deer. I will. As soon as you touch it, raise it. Pheromones. We know we touch it. We know what we call it. Then you become part of the deer. Then I become Bambi's mom. 
Yeah, Dear Healy. And then you I get, get a shock knock at your door. <laughs> Dear at, like, Healy. Your house. Yeah. Your wife. Someone's here. Yeah. You are moving into a carriage home. The yeah. be a good thing. Yeah, we'll keep them in the bottom. Anyhow, high school weekend. So Friday night, yeah, yeah. me and high like school. six guys. Do you start the night at McDonald's? No. Yeah, oh. that's, that's oh. Cool. So, or, or so like Culver's. So we went over at like 9.30, and we talked with Jim Hangy's parents. <laughs> Shout out to them because they're amazing. We talked with them for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then we went downstairs, and we played pool. Yeah. We listened to music. We went hot tubbing. We watched music videos. We played more YouTube. pool. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube videos, and then literally, literally went, to guys. Bed, went to bed at like 4 a.m. <laughs> and like we just had some beers That's and just dude, that was part night. of your bachelor party. We did some yeah, dude, YouTube was, as well. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, it was a good high school time. <laughs> I can't remember. Was I at your bachelor party? Yeah, you yeah. were there. I can't remember. We just oh, chilled. I remember your bachelor. Oh, your we place. just went swimming and chilling. I remember. That was fun. Yeah, anyway. dude. That's so high school. But continue with other high school. Well, night. so then, so then that's what, so I, you know, then I slept until like eleven Saturday morning because I was exhausted and it was raining the whole time. At home, but at home, yeah. <laughs> so I drove back home at like four a.m. just because it was ten minutes away. But then Saturday night we got together and we just hung out. So John lives in a dorm. I live with my parents, and yeah. Joe Tierney lives with his parents. So we're like, what do we do? Like we can't <laughs> go home because that's what high school is like. You can't go hang out at home. Yeah. So we went and got some drinks at a bar, which is what you couldn't do in high school. So that's not very no, valid. We didn't. But then, oh, we did. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, well, we, we played some more pool. <laughs> we played pool, dude. Oh, and the best part was, we tried getting a pool table from these. Oh yeah. Like really, really thirsty women. <laughs> what? Like, Wait, did you go to Station Two? <laughs> we did. <laughs> we're like, hey, can we play pool here? And they're like, oh. And then they're like, like oh, we just want to play pool. <laughs> no, well, yeah, well, they, yeah, they were like, they no like, balls, they, no stick, they, just pool. They, they, they started, they started like floorless. I was like, I was like, oh, is this table they taken? Crawling and they, and, on and the they're table. like, and they're like, yeah, and they're like, well, it is taken if you want to play. And I'm like, so it, it is it taken? Because yeah. we're like, just trying to play pool. No and she's social like, cues. And, Why are you saying that if if I have it? Yes. Then it's taken. She's no like, one here. She literally is like flirting with us, like hardcore. And all three of us are just staring at her. Like, Kubo was there too. Yeah, he was not having it. We're like, just like, uh, uh, so can we play or not? Like, and they were like, just they're wheeling hard. And we're like, all right, we're going to go. See you later. It was super awkward. <laughs> you guys love The key term is wheeling. Too many two for ones. Wheeling is a high school term. That is a, yeah, the wheeling. Anyhow, so then after drinks, we went, uh, we were like, hey guys, it's hungry. We're hungry. It's like it's hungry and <laughs> we're hungry. 10 p.m. It's hungry time. <laughs> it's, hungry. <laughs> it's hungry time. Speaking like a oh, high school. 3 a.m. <laughs> and we decided to go to Applebee's to get no way. Yeah. Went to Price Applebee's. That was such a high school play. Surrounded by high schoolers, Luke Berza, Sam Wallen, Slam Wallen. Slam Shout out to them. They joined maybe. us. I saw Slam Wallen at uh, Mass it's yesterday. Guy lying. Where'd you go to Mass? Yeah, uh, the cathedral. Nice, dude. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, get, he's getting hair. the flow. Really he's, getting he's getting that like Spider-Man three look kind oh of. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, it's kind of going over. I like it. Sooner like or later, he's going to become either Venom or Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, he is both. I am so More tired of living in a dorm, dude. Like two nights ago, oh yeah, I just hear the shatter outside my room, <laughs> and I'm like, all right. 2.30. Did you get up? I got up, walked out of bed, you see the exit sign that's usually above my, just broken in no. a thousand pieces. The LED lights are just dangling. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's somebody's going to die of mercury poisoning. I'm going to bed. It's not going to be me. Woke up, still there Sunday. And then that was it. Did you like step on glass? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I walked out there with bare feet. Oh. Okay. I'm going to wipe this off and go to bed. Oh, this is the worst. Of course, my my roommate Billy, shout out Billy's a great guy, but he sleeps through his alarm 
every day. That's just, so impressive. He's one I of wish them, I had that problem. He's one of the deepest sleepers. And it's crazy because he's rolling around, you know? Yeah. He's just doing normal stuff. And I'm like, Billy, how do you not hear that? Yeah. And he's just so yeah. when I stayed at, When I stayed in crazy. Flynn, one of my roommates, he slept with ear earplugs in. And the f- like, the alarm went off at 3 a.m. Like someone like pulled the alarm and you know it flew me off to leave the building, yeah. go off into the big like big that's not every other month that yeah. happens. Yeah, and this guy, like we're like we're outside. I'm like, where's Jake? I'm like, and they're, they're like, I think he's still in there. I'm like, Jake, what's going? <laughs> what? And he slept through the whole thing. Like it was just, <laughs> and he was just Those he, things he, get loud. He woke I up in the middle of the night for a semester yeah. too. So so are we gonna transition? Let's do it. What are we talking about today? So, is it the third series? This is the third. third or the fourth, third. Well, speak, we count the, the intro. The intro. Yeah. So we're this is the final, um, final podcast in this series. relationship series, and it, it is the title is relationship with God. Yes. So it's kind of the that's kind of the last and final relationship that we kind of want to touch on. First, we touched on relationship with the self, and then relationship with women, friendship or relational. We, we touched on a lot. And then relationship with God. So that this is the final one. Hmm. So last what do you guys... Last set, best set. Yeah, last set, best set. Let's go. So can I bat first here? Yeah, you bat first. So I'll go third. How do you guys... <laughs> who's going to clean up? <laughs> yes. Who's going to clean up? How, how, do you, how do you experience a relationship with God? I think human relationships mediate your relationship with God because... You're able to experience him physically through other people. And I know that's one of the most important ways you can do it, but it's so other. Like if you try to confine God to an experience like a personal human relationship, that is totally wrong. And then he comes in his power and limitless mercy and love. I experienced God a lot through my relationships, but he and I personally, our relationship is totally different than a, a, a human relationship. And I think that's because of dependence on him entirely like a child, and that's not a real human relationship. You can't be, like, you and I can be, Jacob, dependent on each other, but not in, like, a divine filiation, a divine to human way, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Your soul does not rest in my hands. That would be a pretty safe spot, though. You know? Just, well, think, of, just think of me as your verse attached. Take care of me, baby. <laughs> I'll put my soul in your... Okay, a little context. Jacob has a company called Versatach. That's about bottle attachments. Yes. Yes. I think you summed it up well. Um, yeah, I'd echo that. I think it's a unique relationship that changes over time. The way I related to Jesus in high school is totally different than the way I relate to him now. Um, I don't even know if I really related much to him in high school. Um, well, even in high school, like thinking back to our high school weekend, like high school relationships aren't really a relational kind of relationship. You know, you, it's more of just super utility. It's like I hang with people I'm mm. around, mm. and I don't really have the skill set to be a vulnerable or independent yeah. human being. Yeah. So that would make sense in high school if your relationship yeah. with God. For most people, some people have extreme conversions and we call those guys seminarians now. Like realistically, everyone who really had like a deep, deep, profound, I'm not, I'm making a generalization, but most of those guys like knew like, oh, I want this relationship with Christ. Like the earlier you have it, it seems as though you become more religious. Hmm. You're saying that at a younger age, the sooner you experience an encounter the Lord, 
the quicker you feel a call towards priesthood, or well, it's more easily to f- it's more easier. Probably to f- more feel a call. easily. I wouldn't say there's a correlation between an earlier encounter and a no, but vocation, I mean, but like yeah, I think of guys who are in and not <laughs> in the seminary, and they're just more pious in general. I think mm. one okay. thing though, when these kids are growing up and they are more pious than their peers, you know, a lot of people like teachers or family members are like, oh, you should be a priest. It's so abnormal. It's such a common reaction mm. for someone to say that to a young holy mm. person, easily influenced. Yeah. And, yeah, I think because they don't experience enough of the world, per se, and we're kind of getting on a tangent, but I think it's helpful to play this back into our relationship with God, is that we've all lived a pretty worldly life in some measure, enough to the point where our encounters with God are even much more valuable because Mm -hmm. of it, and our relationships are deeper, not to compare them, but, like, it's deeper because we've experienced such a shallow life for so long that that's why we started this podcast really yeah mm. yeah and uh, but that's 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 what we want to change and uh, we want people to see radical like holiness but not think like you can only be a priest with that and we want to you know be men of this world per se but with a out of this world perspective on the world and you know that's in corporations that's in business that's in any you know, whatever you choose to do but it doesn't have to be for the priesthood or a nun or whatever it is. Yeah, so, so I mean, yeah. I think just talking, just finishing up the, the priesthood talk, I think it, it's so, I can totally see how, you know, young men that fall in love with Christ, that have an encounter with Christ, become priests. Um, I don't know if that's kind of what you were saying, John, but um, I can totally see that because, I mean, the emphasis is on the relationship, you know, and these men going to the seminary desire a relationship with God, Mm. you know, they desire to have a deeper relationship with God and the seminary is such a good institution to have that. Absolutely. And so you see all these amazing guys Mm -hmm. going into the minor seminary. I love seeing guys going into the minor seminary and discerning out. It's a great thing because they're building on something that they really truly desire, which is a relationship Mm -hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they they have adoration every single morning. They have mass every morning. They're learning all of these great things and they're just building such a great relationship with God. So I think that is why well i think i mean for me i'm kind of a i think i'm a living example on the contrary to this i mean because i mean i wasn't catholic i mean i I encountered christ i encountered god at a young age i was in ninth grade like 10th grade when i you know like fell in love with god and i like i encountered that relationship and i and i knew it was something i wanted to continue to seek out but i wasn't catholic so i wasn't given the means i wasn't i wasn't given the 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 confines of a seminary to capitalize on this relationship that i so much desired you know no direction, really? Well, no. I mean, I just think, you know, as, as a Protestant, I had this relationship with God. And I, I had this encounter with Him. And I, and I knew I wanted to follow my faith and my trust in, 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 in God in that relationship, which we'll, we can talk more about later. But I didn't feel like I was given the correct means to do that. I, w- I wasn't. I mean, the, the beauty of the Catholic Church is that, you know, I think it's in the, in the, in the book of Matthew when Jesus is out sharing all of these um, uh, stories. I'm blanking on the name of the parable. Parables. Thank you. What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a long day. Um, but uh, Jesus is out sharing all these parables 
And you know, in the way in the way that he shares these parables, he's revealing himself. He's revealing truth, but it's in a little bit of an elusive way, right? And it's in people that need people need to you know process and think through it and and to to, to come come upon these truths. And then the disciples go into Peter's house. And it's only in Peter's house that the disciples say, Jesus, what did you mean by that? And Jesus actually gives them direction about what to find truth out of that. And I think the Catholic Church is very similar to that, is that we're out in the world and we experience these lot of truths and the Lord is constantly knocking on our door and he's with us in everything that we do. But unless we go into Peter's house, unless we go into the structure, into the, the, the walls of the Catholic Church, it gives it a structure to flesh out these truths. His bride, um, his relationship. Yeah, yeah. And I guess what I'm trying to drive at is that you know the personal relationship you can have with Jesus. The sacraments, the sacraments are specifically the things that that the Lord reveals Himself physically to us in our everyday. It's it's a it's a it's a, it's a revealing of His physical person still present today. That was so, a lot. So that makes sense. To, I guess, follow up with that, Eric. I, I gather that you're saying that you know Christ is in the church. And that's part of the relationship with Christ is experiencing the sacraments, experience what the church has to offer, the magisterium and everything. Well, I mean, yes, but uh, yes. Okay. So it's, it's, it's having a relationship. It's, it's, it's being known as his son to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's understanding that you are his son. He, he's your dad. He's your father, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's God the father, right? And a lot of people ask, you know, you could ask plenty of people on campus, like when you hear God, what's the first word that comes to mind, right? And everyone's going to say love, like forgiveness. I don't know, right? Uh, sin. Some people might say sin, like whatever, we'll right? would say daddy. Yeah. And, but the thing is, the, the correct answer is father. Is, is It's important for us to view well, God as our father. things too. Well, absolutely. Yeah. But, but I think, <laughs> but the way that Jesus throughout his life, teaches that he says, you know, I have come to do the Father's will. If you love me, like, you will love the Father. If the Father, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, Jesus is our way to the relationship with God. So what I'm saying and what I'm trying to drive at is that if we want to have a relationship with God, we need to pursue Christ in the Eucharist and in, in, in the church yeah. because it gives us a boundary, it gives us a, a place to to fully be able to discover that relationship because because of the history, because of the tradition of the sacraments. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm following that totally. Just take it a step back to take it a step further, let's focus on like how Jesus instituted the church. Mm. And um, after Jesus rose from the tomb, um, it was um, Mary was the, not Mary, his mother, but Mary Magdalene, Magdalene. I believe was the first one to see him. Mm-hmm. And right. when she grabbed on to Jesus, Jesus you know, rebuked her for that. He said, do not hold on to me. And it was symbolic and foretelling of the new relationship with Jesus, which would not be in the flesh, which would not be physical. And so what Jesus left, because he would, you know, to go to heaven. Mm. And um, so what Jesus left for us was this church, and this opportunity to celebrate him in the church and through the church, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be through scripture, the magisterium, the sacraments, you know, the wise teachings, mm-hmm. um, and each other. But that's that's how we experience Jesus. There's still personal prayer. There's still miracles. There's still all that. But that's kind of the new relationship with Jesus mm. until he comes again. Mm. And well, so I kind of like how you, you kind of teed that one up, Eric, so thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hit on God's relationality because he himself, I forget, he's two qualities and I'm, uh, he's, um, he's fully relational and he's also another one along with all the omnis, you know, but <laughs> like God is love and he is I mean, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So as a trinity, as a community, we're invited into that. And like you're saying that now that the second person, God incarnate, is not with us physically, is the relationship comes as a spirit. And that's something 
really hard to tap into, but I think Augustine does it well. Like, you called and you shouted. You broke through my darkness. It wasn't I seeking you. Oh, seeker, you sought after me. Mm-hmm. And so, Eric, yeah. I want to just say, like, maybe, like, yeah, I think to relate well to God as Father, that's so important once you have that sort of understanding of your sonship. But, like, to really experience this encounter of Christ over and over again throughout your conversion and, like, reconversions in life, like, it's God breaking through into your heart yeah, with his mm. spirit and his mercy. And however people experience whatever they want to define that as, of love or mercy, but, like, God's the one breaking through to me. God's reaching out and knocking on the door. Yeah. And, like, whether it's the Father in that parable story of, like, searching through the rubble for his son, like, oftentimes people can say, oh, I'm searching for God, and then you look in this part of the world and you go to New Zealand or you go into mm-hmm. drugs, and I'm looking for God. No, it's God's looking for you. Mm-hmm. And I found that just today, even like I need to open my eyes and have God speak into that or mm-hmm. open my ears. You know, like I don't need to be the one active. Yeah. yeah. So, so how 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 do we encounter God? I mean, how do we encounter that relationship? How do we how do we listen to hear that Him searching? Like, you know. Yeah. Well, why don't we talk about like how we have had an encounter with God? Mm-hmm. You know, specific examples. I know one one of my mm-hmm. like most memorable examples was it was um after after christmas before i was going to propose to delexi it was um yeah such an amazing encounter i was um i was serving in puerto rico and i mean we had adoration every day we had mass every day um i was receiving communion but i just specifically remember just having a true encounter with the love and the heart of Christ, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And and it came, it didn't come like with the, you know, with the tears and the and the fire and the you know, it, it wasn't like an amazing encounter. But I just I wanted like I just desired to have to not have a heart of stone, you know, I was like, God, give me a heart of flesh, you know, I want a heart of flesh where I can feel, and so that I can give my, like, heart to Delexi, you know, that was my desire for an encounter, and I just remember just thinking and reflecting on the verse that we talked about um, last podcast was that God loved us first, you know, and that just truly broke me down and made me had have an encounter with the heart of Christ. Mm-hmm. And and it comes mm. when you least expect it, but it came in service too, because I was there on a mission trip and I was constantly pouring out. I was constantly, you know, serving the kids that I was with and hanging out with the kids. So I was emptying myself and that allowed for Christ to, you know, come into my mm. heart. You know, so I think that one of my answers, one of my many answers is you have to empty yourself. You have to, I mean, we talked about this in in, um, that retreat that we gave, you know, you have to empty yourself. You have to make silence and stuff like that. I don't want to get into practicals yet, but um, I think it comes with emptying yourself, you know, because you're emptied first by whatever circumstance you're yep. in, you're just broken. Yeah. Or you you, yeah. find you need to unload yourself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because there's so many stories where you have a, not like Job, but yeah, Job, I mean, everything is ripped, ripped from him. Mm. And he's, everything is taken from him. And, um, and that's where Christ comes. That's mm. where you have an encounter with Christ. That's what I think. So I don't know uh, yeah, what, man, what else you beautiful. guys. Yeah. Wow. I'll just kind of echo that. 
I want to hit on what you. I want to talk about Job after we experience this. Yeah. But I would say to fully receive that encounter with Christ, maybe two things might be required, or as a requisite, you need to be hungry. Like you need to have you need to have an understanding that yeah. you don't have what you need. Mm. Yeah. And for me in my life, it's been the time when I gave that yes in my heart and in my soul without any expectation and understanding who I'm sending, saying yes to. But like when you make that ascent of faith, when you make an act of faith, really, yeah. that's what it is. When I first encountered Christ, it was an adoration. And I thought all these bozos around me were just having a psychological trip. And I'm like, what the blankety blank am I doing here with these cultish, weird Catholics? Like, I'm done with religion. And then that 1% of you, the so soul. at the freshman retreat. Freshman retreat with yeah. Mishki. <laughs> yeah. And the, the one part of you is just like, no, dude, what if it's real? You should, you should just say yes. You should let down the walls of Jericho in your heart and just say yes. And then within a minute, I was like, God was like, finally, you're here. <laughs> you know what's funny? We were both bawling. We were like on opposites on the ends of the room. We were both bawling during that like prayer yeah. experience. I felt God's love for the first yeah, time in my so life. So cool. Right after high school too. It was much needed for me at that same thing because I kind of carried a lot of you know baggage, a lot of weight with me from high school, a lot of suppressed emotions. I just got over a breakup, you know, year long relationship, and now I've got all these new experiences with college, and you know I don't know you know who I want to be, who I want to mm. hang out with, and all this stress. And that was the first time that I actually had with the Lord. Like, sure, I went to Mass the first weekend or two, you know, but I was still distracted by, all, like, the pretty girls I was seeing in the, you know, church pews and everything. And I wasn't fully there, but when we had that adoration, it was the same for me. I got there kind of like, oh, what else could I be doing this weekend? You know, what party am I missing? And then once I just yeah. kind of started to accept the fact that, I'm like, I'm here, I might as well just try to get something out mm. of it. That's when God just hit me and just, just started crying. And it mm. was it was amazing because yeah. I just felt free. I was like, you know what? I don't care. Like, you know, I was kind of putting on this like macho man mask, mm. you know, for the first few weeks. And I was like, I don't care if I'm crying because this feels good, and I feel this weight getting lifted from me. I think just an analogy of what you're saying, like you you can go to mass, you can go through the sacraments. It's similar to like going in a big hangout in a community, you walk with a brother, let's say it's a roommate or a housemate, you guys just go to the same events together, don't really talk, don't really get to know each other until finally you have time to sit down on a couch and like reveal your heart to that person. Yeah. Yeah. And when that person is Christ, it's unbelievable what he can do. Hmm. Yeah. I think I had, I mean, that pretty much sums up my experience with my, my encounter of Jesus of just um, being on that freedom retreat with the men. Yes, I that, think yeah. I think any encounter that I have with the Lord, there's always it's always the product is freedom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the product is always a peace. greater sense of peace and freedom. Fruits of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, and you know, Monsignor um, <clears throat> Schlag tonight, uh, John and I were in this men's circle talking at uh, Opus Day. We're Opus amazing. Day priest Monsignor Schlag. He's been on the cast. Um, he was talking about the Holy Spirit is what gives us the ability to understand the love of God. And the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit, we would not know God in the way that we do. We would not be able to take part in the sacraments. You know, he was alluding to those things, and um, and I guess at, at the root of it, it was it was it was an it was an outpouring. It was an overcoming of 
you know, the, the spirit overcoming everything that I am to reveal this truth to me and to reveal that God is my father. And what it was is we, we were on this freedom retreat with like these, you know, like 30 guys up in this cabin, you know, way north Minnesota, Cook, Minnesota. We were there in the, in the vlog. But, uh, and we had the opportunity to write down all of our sins, right? Like, like, and just pray through with another guy, like all of these sins that we had struggled with our whole lives. And for me, it was the opportunity for the, my first time in my life, be able to just like, profess these things like and confess these things just like say this out loud and then say lord like will you come into this and it, it, it took a lot of hope for me it took a lot of trust to believe that the words that i'm so saying there's trust yeah like yeah th- 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 that the words that i'm saying actually have an impact or it's actually making a fundamental change in my heart like I, I was lacking the trust to believe that the words that i say actually speak truth into my life and into my heart and so anyhow we, we had an opportunity that night to go sit before adoration and nick red and alex banson came over and they're like hey can we can we pray over you and i was like yeah absolutely and they were just like they just said like they, they just kept on saying come holy spirit like we just pray that the holy spirit would come and just set eric free in this time and you know what i mean and i, and I was kind of even in that moment i was like what the heck is happening i wasn't catholic yet i was like this can't be real you know like this cannot Cult. yeah seriously and it, and it was one of those things that it's like, you know, will, will you let down your walls? Like, you know, will, will you come home? Like, will you will you believe in me? Do you have the, the trust in me to believe? And I was like, yeah, I do. I'm here. Let's, you know, what do you have for me? And in that moment, it was just like this overwhelming sense of freedom and peace and forgiveness. It was just, you know, all of these, these flashbacks in my mind to these different wounds or these different realities or just the heartbreak moments or... Um, yeah, just these times that I'm like, man, I should not be alive because of because I went through those things, or like, wow, like the person I am. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was just it was all all of the all of the gross things and the, the you know the the whatever all of the mistakes I've made, a lot of wounds, right? And the Lord just said, "You're mine." Like you're mine, you're my son, you're free, and that's and I think that's his message for all of us, all of us men in this world is that like you are mine, you are set free, and like, you are a man. You know, I'm mean, like you are my son, and I think. Um, that's what it was for me, like encountering, encountering something greater than what I was, um, and understanding that this earth, this, this heavenly father that I have waiting for me every day with open arms, wanting to be a part of my day, viewing him as my father and me as his son in the, in the ways that he can teach me things in the ways that he can help me go through all these different things. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just, it was a very raw encounter with what, yeah, what felt like another human being. Yeah. That's awesome. Dang. Whatever. That was a lot. But. Dude, that was amazing. So. Okay, I guess my question for all of us is what happened after that encounter? Mm. Like, what what was, I mean, what was the first, like, what did you do the next day? What did you do the day after that? Like, like what happens with an encounter? Because what I, what I, I mean, relating this to, the, to a relationship, you know, you have a nice night with a woman, you know, you might kiss her, you Ooh. might have a kiss. Those like what happens the next day? All you're smooch. you're in love, and mm. you're gonna text her, you're gonna call her, you're gonna mm. want to see her, and I feel like that relates so much to encountering the love of Christ. You know, uh, yeah. like you're not kissing Christ, but I mean, for me, yeah. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop thinking of Him. I couldn't stop thinking of the relationship that I wanted to build. I, I had so many desires. So what happened for you guys? I mean, what? Yeah, I just want to hit off one thing with Eric is yeah. that when you were speaking about trust, and this is, it's funny, and it's not funny but because it's true, how you cannot separate theological reality from physical reality. Like, 
you try to do that and like, oh, I'm Catholic here. I'm I'm, I'm a this type of scientist. Mm. Like, no, you're like they coincide and they intersect so whole, beautifully. Whole person, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I'm thinking uh, in psychology, there's this thing, you know, Eric Erickson has stages of development through life, you know, yeah. um, and isolation versus identity, things like that. But the very first one that makes you a human being is trust versus distrust, and that's like, but babies go through it. It's basically like I you have to go through this process, this crucible to know whether I can trust this reality, trust this person. Hmm. And that's kind of the fundamental perception or experience of God is I need to, he desires our trust and that's free and it's a leap of faith. And like the fall in Eden wasn't a lust or a pride thing. It was a distrust. You know, the two Adam and Eve together did not trust God enough that he would satisfy them. That's why they reach for the fruit. And it's like, yeah. that's all he wants is us to trust mm-hmm. him and us to let down our walls to let God work. <laughs> that's it. I mean, yeah. I mean, Sean, to answer your question, that, that was that was my reality. Yeah. You know, I, I experienced this really spiritual, amazing encounter. And it yeah. was life-giving. And the whole ride home for three hours, I felt like I was on top of the world. Yeah. And then I went back home. And I went back yeah. into the world. And I felt alone. And I felt... Wow, Lord, can I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know, I did not have enough, I, I did not have enough trust to trust him that I would not fall back into those same things or that those same things, you know, the, the, or, right? And I, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's that lack of trust. It's, 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 it's encountering that relationship, but not having enough trust in myself to believe that he will come through. Yeah. Right. And I think the, the more you grow in your relationship with God, the more trust you have in, in him, obviously, you know, and. But yeah, I mean, that was my encounter. I, I went home and I was like, you know, there's fear. There was a lot uh-huh. of fear for me. Yeah. I mean, it was a beautiful thing and I couldn't stop thinking about it as well, but there was fear in my heart because it's like, I just professed all these things. I now have to follow this. And I and I put it on myself. I, d- I didn't give it to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, I think, because God is so patient. Like, you, you look at all of our stories combined, it's the literal roller coaster. You go so high yeah. and then so low. <laughs> yeah. And pretty soon the highs and lows start to even out and the undulate smaller and smaller until, and then, of course, you, you fall and you come back up. But as a father figure, like that kind of archetype, and Sean, you're like, this is totally you. You have to be so patient and so forgiving and like, understanding of why this person like so god the father looking at me failing and being distrusting and being stubborn and hard-hearted like he gets it and he loves me through that and he's still loving me first and that's amazing how when we kind of keep turning back and keep repenting how god's just constantly there waiting for us like yeah. the prodigal son's father like I'm, i've been here i love you yeah. yeah i'm just listening right now soaking this all in um this is fire this is great stuff um, I think for me, it was that night, it was that moment, but after that, I think I actually didn't have much of a high per se. I, um, it took me a while to really commit to my faith and to trust, yeah. and mm-hmm. I struggled with that. Um, but I think God worked indirectly in so many ways. Uh, that night I met John and Michael Mason, two of my best pals, you know. And, Mike. Um, Shout out Mike. I miss Mike. Mike. I just want to hug him. He'll be like, what What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, and that's just kind of how the Lord works, though. And I did remember that experience. And I remember that feeling. And so yeah. three, four months from then when I'm at a low, just remembering that encounter and maybe going to pray in the chapel and stuff like yeah. that. Um, 
Yeah, I just I think that's how God works. And um, when I see a guy on fire who has that it factor, um, that's what really drew me in. That was my sophomore year, was saying this guy has this freedom to him, and I want it. I don't know what it is. I didn't know it was Christ, but I just like you know I did what I naturally would do. I just networked with them, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Good about Versatech. We started a business. It's called the Church. It's called the Church. And I just wanted to get to know these guys and. you know, What's I found that? out it was Jesus, but networking that wasn't <laughs> networking with Jesus. Networking with, that sounds like the next like cathedral young adults of that. Literally, <laughs> young Catholic professionals. You want to come network with Jesus? Yeah, it's just an adoration. <laughs> that's it, though. That that really that's it. It's just seeing that Holy Spirit in someone else, and then that's how how you get drawn in. It's in a quiet, beautiful way. Mm. Yeah, I mean the story. Like it, it always comes back to the story. Jesus spoke in stories, and he. He lived his story, which is kind of a cliche thing to say, Mm -hmm. but think about it. The story of Christ was written by humans and it was promoted and promulgated by other people. Like he could have just written this like gigantic document about his autobiography, but no, he chose idiots and (laughs) rascals and betrayers. Fishermen. Yeah. Yeah. People who, some of them were literate, but like just average Joes to talk to their friends and people they didn't mm. know about this guy. And then those people talked about this other guy that this guy knew. And it's like, it's a personal relationship. Yeah. yeah. And so when I think about Christ in my life, it's, it's always yeah. through a person. So, yeah. okay. So bringing it back to what you were saying, John, that, you know, the Lord is digging through the rubble for us. Right. And he's, 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 he's calling out to us and he's, he's, he's reaching out, you know, the invitation's always there. However, he gives us free will, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't force his way into our lives. Right. And so I think it's a, it's an interesting paradox. It's a, it's a middle ground that it's hard to find, but how do we make ourselves available to, to, to experience that and, and maybe, maybe getting into practicals. My hair looks terrible right now. You don't want to take a video of me, Sean. That's good. But how do we, how do we get into how how do we make space? How do we make time for God? Jacques Philippe's got a really good book called Time for God about, you know, how do we make space? Like, how do we encounter that? Space, 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 space. This is the camera on me. It's funny. <laughs> um, Sean's taking a video of me right now. But that's my question. Is that, okay, yeah, so the God, you know, the God, is, God is, like, pushing through the rubble for all of us. But how do we turn? Repentance is turning away, right? And how do we do that? I can speak for that for me recently. Um, I'd come home from class and I'd be so exhausted that I'd turn instant gratification. You know, I'd go on YouTube and I can watch Mm. a video and that requires no effort. And so I started to substitute that for prayer, Netflix, YouTube, whatever it was. And um, I just found myself eventually just not praying. And Mm. it wasn't until, you know, I really started to fall in my faith that I was like, I got to make some changes. What do I fill most of my day with? Mm. And the reality is my free time was being filled with stuff that required no effort. Whereas prayer, it's hard. You know, you have to enter in. Um, you know, I have to sit down in silence and, you know, pray to Jesus. And, uh, or I could just watch a funny YouTube video. And so once I started to do that, um, it was painful the first few times, well, especially once you get out of prayer. Um, but, you know, you slowly get drawn back into it and then you realize and remember the joys of prayer and then you laugh at yourself like why did I ever stray then you find yourself a few months later you're doing the same thing and it's Mm -hmm. just what do you spend your free time doing what do you spend you know your time on 
What do you, yeah, what do you do to fill yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I think virtue is real and habits are extremely real. So if, like you're saying, if you're overwhelmed and over in an over complex situation or circumstance where you need an escape and that builds a habit. So maybe it's just, you need to restructure your life and that yeah. if you, if you can't do that, like for my, for my semester, it was just go, 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 go. And I would need an escape. And that's, saying too much like i've found my limit which is fine but you cannot escape that in the throes of the process so yeah i don't know practically i don't want to i don't know if i have anything off the top of my head at this point eric but i do want to hit on one more thing let's do it and it's the relationship when you have a bad relationship with god so it's like the book of job and i i love job because he goes through intense suffering but he never commits sin and that's the most distinguishing factor of him versus us because I find so often I'll be asking people like, do you ever get angry at God? Like I'm always pissed at him. Mm. And I oftentimes like, I hate God and it becomes the situation of like the problem of evil because you look around so often at the suffering of the world and it's okay because it means my heart is like, it starts off as a heart of flesh. And when I lose that relationship with him, when I lose my contact with him, walking with him, and I like I kind of you know, this image of just dropping the hand of the father, and you look around at the destruction, and you're alone, and that's when you look back and you can say, "How could you ha- let this happen?" It's it's the Grand Inquisitor saying, "How could you, Christ, mm-hmm. let this happen? You could have changed this. You could have, and it's the temptation of Christ in the desert. You could have changed the structure of being because being is problematic." That's Peterson. Yeah. What, what that hits on is it's resentment versus gift. Yes, and there are only two types of people. So practically speaking, to, if you're in the situation where you're just stressed or you're hating life, it's because you resent something. Your, your emotions are not being processed and you're pissed off. And I'm talking about myself. I was so resentful this whole year because I never really... And, like, my life is great, you know? Literally... Probably like the pinnacle of humanity. You got a meal plan, yeah. man. It's you got 2019. A meal plan. <laughs> it's 2019. I got a meal plan. This boy's got a meal plan. This meal plan senior year. Whoa, come on. How could you hate God? I think that speaks into the human experience is that if you can have everything you would want physically, yeah. you know, I have it all. But I still can have such yeah. anger in my Emptiness. heart. But yeah. the, the bad part of that is when it turns to cold anger and you just, I stop caring yeah. about God. I'm like, well, f- fuck you, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh huh. So, how do you guys come back from that? I think okay. What I'm, what I'm thinking, kind of relates. I, I definitely w- kind of was feeling that too, but I was more angry at myself because I wasn't staying disciplined, and I wasn't having that discipline, and I was getting so burnt out yeah. that I would just be pissed because I, I like crap. I didn't pray today. And I don't feel like it. And I'm so mad that I, I mean, that I, that I didn't pray again, you know? And just like that, that anger because that, um, that I'm not, you know, like living up to the person that I'm trying to be. There's that standard again. Is that yeah. you can say, well, you made it this way that I'm yeah. so broken. Mm. You caused the problem. Yeah. And that's yeah. resentment. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I was, this is so recent, but I just, I was self-reflecting. I was reflecting on, like, the, the person that I was trying to be, you know? I was thinking of the, the man that I want to be. Mm-hmm. And everything that I was doing wasn't 
striving for that mm-hmm. and i was just yeah. like dang it like and i'm reading 12 rules and i i mean i was just like i need discipline in my life i need to discipline myself so started working out you know that was the first thing i was like i mean i want to start feeling good like i want to start physically feeling good i don't want to get you know work for eight hours and then just be a fat blob you know i want to work out i want to feel physically good and then this next thing i mean i started waking up at five and praying i mean that's the first thing that i'm trying to do every single morning is just is just pray because i i was thinking about the order of my life and what like how i'm ordering my life and right now first is like me first was me Mm-hmm. You know, first was mm-hmm. me, then Delexi, mm-hmm. and then God. Yeah. You know, and I was mm-hmm. just like, I was just angry. I was mm-hmm. so pissed off. And this was when I was realizing the person that I wanted to be and all of that. And so I was just like, you know what? I need to just scrap everything and just redo it. So now I'm striving to, you know, work out, not in this order, but like pray every day, mm-hmm. you know, wake up at five and pray, you know, just for 20 minutes, sit there. 10 minutes, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, put God first in my life and then, and then serve Delexi, you know, do tangible things where I can serve yeah. and then work out, you know, be there yeah. for myself. Dang. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. That sounds like a life well lived. So, I mean, like, yeah, because Faith, fellowship, fitness, yeah, it sounds I'm starting me. <laughs> because it's like, I'm living such a structured life, you know, married, have a kid on the way. It's wow. necessary. Consistency. Yeah. You need yeah, 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 that yeah. responsibility. And so I'm just like, dang, I need to just yeah. discipline myself. And it, I mean, there's such a, there's a real virtue in that. I mean, by, yeah. by building those habits and in investing into the small things now, yeah. they're going to have great gains in the long run. Yeah. You know, exactly. and I think, uh-huh. I love that, man. I, I've, I've been feeling the same thing. And, yeah. you know, so, you know, Lent for me was hard. I, I had oh, hard Lent. Lent sucked. I hated it. And well, you, you didn't sleep on a mattress. Yeah, I gave him my mattress. But, I mean, that was, <laughs> I mean, that, I, That's in my top. Top five of favorite things I've heard people give up. Really? Oh yeah, that's up there, man. That's fun, that's man. Huge. You should try it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing Led's up for a while, right? <laughs> but uh, so, oh, there goes Malade Audi in his Audi. Not and uh, so for, you know, for me during Len, you know, every single time Good Friday rolls around and the Tritium rolls around, I always feel like Judas. I always, every single time, I, 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 it's, it's easier for me to relate with Judas than anyone else. And then every single time the resurrection comes around, I always feel like Peter. And it was the Sunday after, after Easter, the second Sunday after Easter, and it was the reading of Jesus and Peter sitting on the beach eating fish. Yep. And Peter had, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? He asked him three times, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me, right? And in the homily... Anyhow, so to give some context to this, I I have just essentially what you're saying, John, describing is hardness of heart. It's just you know I you know of just this really hard heart that is not softened to His grace. It's not softened to His providence in my everyday or you know the idea of sitting down and, and saying my evening prayer like gross yeah. like you know what I mean like there was just this hardness in me right yeah. and I was like Lord why. Because because what it is, it's me believing the lie that I don't have what it takes. And that's the biggest thing that cuts me down every day is that I tell myself I don't have what it takes. Or what I'm doing right now, I'm, I'm fueling the lie that I don't have what it takes, right? And I was sitting in Mass and I just, I was like, Lord, like why haven't you gifted me with love 
to love you. Like, why haven't you given me enough mm-hmm. grace? Why haven't you gifted me with, a, I see others love you. I see other people that would die for you. And I have such a hardness of heart and I'm, I'm oh. mad at you because you've taken things away from me. And I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm confused, you know, whatever. I, I don't feel wholesome. And in the past, I did feel wholesome. In the past, I was in love with you. And we, we were on the same frequency. So why did you take that away from me? And why have you not replaced that same frequency? Like, you know, like, why haven't you given me a love to love you? Mm-hmm. Where did that go? And in the homily, the priest was, you know, yeah, priest over Holy Cross was talking about how when, when, when Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? He, he was revealing to Peter, wow. I, he's like, yes, Lord, I do love you. Yes, Lord, I do love you. Yes, Lord, I, you know what I mean, right? But what Jesus was saying to him is that, do you agape me? Do, do you love me with the love that I have for you? And he's like, of course I do. And, and Jesus is like, no, you don't. Like, do you, do, you, do you love me on a friendship level? And Peter's like, yeah, I do, right? Peter's the kind of guy that denied Jesus three times. You know what I mean, right? And the reason I affiliate with Peter it's because he denied Jesus. He was his biggest follower. He was the most passionate person for Jesus. But he was also get behind me, Satan. He like he, he was he was the guy that was in love with him and wanted to die for him. And Jesus said, "No, get behind me." Right. And in that moment, in that reading at the end of John, sitting on that beach eating fish, Jesus says to Peter, essentially, "You don't you you love me with this much small amount of love right now." But what I will do in your heart, I, I, will, I will build a love in your heart to the point of your death for me, that you will be crucified as well. And it spoke to me in, in, in the fact that Mustard I'm not, seed. you know, there's this desire for holiness. There's a desire to be a saint. But there's also a lie that I don't have what it takes to get there, right? But what it is, it's the small process every day knowing that the Lord is gifting me with a small piece of love right now to love him in this moment, today, and then tomorrow. It's not about eight years from now. It's not about dying and being a saint for him. It's about loving him right now and spending 10 minutes in prayer, tiny habit, 15 man. minutes in prayer, every, tiny habits that have a long-term investment, right? Yeah. And it's, and it's that call. It's, 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 he, he, so I guess what I'm saying is he's building a love in all of us. You know, we're not expected to have the love of the saints in our hearts right now, but yeah. we're expected to be working towards that in the small way. Like Sean, you're working out, you're doing all these things. I've been biking a lot. Like I want to, I, I want to pursue health. Yeah. I want to pursue holiness. But what it comes with is small baby steps that yep. grow into a big, large thing. Absolutely. And I want to hit on that next verse. Please. Keep going, so yeah. Jesus says, as a child, you could go where you wanted to go. Yes. But as an adult, you will go where you do not want to go. Yeah. And that was foreshadowing Peter's death. Yes. Um, and I think that is sometimes where I get into the struggle with Jesus mm-hmm. is because yeah. he's leading me. You know, I've said, Jesus, here's my life. Take it. Right. Yeah. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> the cell, dude, the cell's <laughs> coming. He's, he's, he's leading me though. And it's a challenge. Um, you know, leading me into SPO household. Mm. It's not easy. You don't get your own room. Yeah. In fact, you might have two roommates and, uh, so oftentimes I can get angry about that. I go, God, I felt this call to household, but I'm struggling so much with it. I'm not sleeping well. I'm not this, that, or the other thing. And God's, and that verse, that's, that's God. He's saying, I will lead you where you do not want to go, but this is greater for me or for you. And, uh, mm-hmm. it takes time for me, the reflection part that we've been hitting on a lot tonight, self-reflection. I'm realizing you're right, God. I didn't realize it, but you were right. SPO household was the right decision for me. Um, choosing to do this, that, or the other thing. And oftentimes a lot of it is rooted in charity. True charity, right? Because that's, that's joy right there, is giving of yourself. Jesus had the ultimate gift. You know, he's God of the world, and he chose to die the most humiliating death he could possibly have in front of barely anyone, or like with barely any of his friends there. 
right? John, Mary, and Mary Magdalene. That was it. He died alone. That's what pained him the most on the cross. So I guess what I'm getting at with this is like Jesus is calling you out of yourself when you choose to follow him. And he's calling you to a life of suffering that's promised. But there's joy in that. And there's glorification in it. And it takes reflection to realize it. But we resist it so much. And we say, I don't want this, God. Or why, God, I felt a call to this. But it didn't go according to plan. So kind of wrapping it all up and all these spinning plates here. You know, we talked about the patience of God the Father in the encounter and how he's always, he always knows what's best and what's greatest for us. And how, just connecting the dots of what we said with resentment, it's often because it's a lack of discipline and a stubborn will that's only pointed <clears throat> towards what we think is best because we've forgotten our relationship with God. Yeah. And ending it with a humility and a resemblance and a semblance back to ourself of like, hmm. no. I'm not, I'm not loving you, God. Yeah. And it's like, it's that cycle. He always calls us back into that love and that relationship. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the baby steps. It's saying yes baby to him in the steps. small moments, you know, and it's, it's, it's when you feel the, the call in your heart, like the very simple kind of, Hey, I think I should say Hail Mary right now. Or, Hey, I think I should pray. Or I think I should go to prayer. Like it's, it's being open and it's, it's desiring those things. And it's actually asking for those graceful filled moments at mass recently for the past couple of Sundays. I've just been asking, Lord, would you reveal yourself to me this week in some way? Yeah. Right. And it, you got it. And in ways he has been, you know, you, and it's, you it's, need it's to ask. exactly. Otherwise, ask and shall be given, man. Otherwise, like in my experience recently, it's been like, I'm not hungry at all. Cause I have it all. Hmm. And when I have it all, and I'm too busy to ask for you because I got this, this, and this to go to, you're not asking. You're not hungry. Yeah. You might be fit. Like you might want the bread of, of human of of earth. Mm-hmm. You know that type of yeah. sustenance. Yeah. But your spirituality, like the bread of life, you're you're not mm-hmm. asking for because you're too busy. Or I don't yeah. care anymore. I hear you. Because you weren't there for me. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it is really fundamental. It's re- it's reading scripture. It's sitting in adoration. It's receiving the Eucharist. It's being with it's brothers and things. talking about God. It, it is. But, hey, Sean here is trying to wrap us up. Let's wrap it up. DJ Shawnee Lee. DJ. Send us out, Sean. Oh, no, you guys. Give some practicals. I, I mean, we have. Relationship with God. Yep. Relationships in life are the hardest mm. things you're going to ever do. Yeah. And one of my... Professors recently just said, like, if I can get rid of one thing in life, it'd be jealousy. You know, I'd keep anger, I'd keep anxieties, like, jealousy. And I don't know how that's playing in here, but, like, I don't know. God's jealous of us. Um, I sort of just wanted to say that. <laughs> but that's why, that's why, that's why. We'll expand on that's in the why, next okay, cast. <laughs> so he said relationships are the most... The most challenging thing, but they're also the most important thing in your life. At the end of yep. the day, when you're deathbed, like what's going to matter to you? Yeah. And then Seriously. out of those relationships, it's with Christ Himself that's going to be the most effective, and powerful, and satisfying. So, practically speaking, get hungry. You know, understand you don't have it all. Yeah, I think humility, hunger, and also picking a saint or picking someone in your life. A community? Yeah, I mean, a community, I mean, yeah, a large group of people, but also a single person. No, that's what I mean, like, finding a community, like, I love this saint because he gets me in this way. She gets me in this way. Yes, because they had a certain posture, they did something, and, you know, they had a relationship with God. It's essentially like, I mean, it's reading a story. It's understanding a character that you want to resemble because all of us want to become something that we are, right? Mm -hmm. And by looking at saints, by looking at having a relationship, 
relationship with God, we will become the character that we are all meant to be yeah. in the eternal story. Yeah, hang Amen. out with God. You know, God's a friend, and yeah. friends want to know what's going on with Network each other's with life. God. Network, Network with Jesus. Networking with Jesus. Amen, boys. Well, thanks. That was a great cast. Ciao. This is John. And Eric. And Jacob. And Sean. Sons of Thunder, that's our name. Ciao. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness.